What is today? Sunday, that's good. What? <laughs> Sunday? It is September what? September 15th, and it's 9,000 degrees outside. My neighbor, we were out, how you hang out in your yard yesterday, my neighbor was out there, and I was out there, and she said, she said, this is September, it's, it's supposed to be getting better. I said, October is coming, October is coming. If you need a copy of God's Word, just slip your hand up, and then Chad will be glad to give you one. You take your Bibles and turn to second, no, nope, that was my 9.30 class, I'll be all right. I just need some more classes to teach. Turn to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. I know we come together on Sundays, we worship together corporately. I, I uh, in my personal time this week, just being alone, alone with the Lord, and uh, uh, a lot of different things, just going through the Psalms and read them, and studying a couple of them, one of my classes, and meditating on different psalms was how special it is just to wake up every day that that's your father that he's your dad that you're never the only one that seems to be interested in him at all he is omnipotent all-powerful omniscient knows everything omnipresent that's bad he knows everything about you and we were studying david and through after his adultery of Bathsheba and the murder and the, some of the consequences, he had forgiven him and he was his child and he was carrying him and, and he had more for him to do. It's just special to know who your God is. And I hope you wake up every day and just have that so difficult. So many different things going on and you're hurt and you got problems, you got things you got to us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be still and know that I ain't God. He is. Trust me. The theme of the entire Bible is the righteous, those are who by faith. And faith is not a blind leap in the distance, trustworthy, and I keep pointing up, yet he's right here in the midst of my with me. That's why I love the, and I'm not rambling, just a ramble, there's a reason. I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when that pagan king looked in that fire and said, what? Throw in there. Three? Oh, king? I see four in there. And the Bible says they took them out of that fire and they didn't even smell like smoke. You ever been? The only thing burnt on them were the cords they tied them with. What was the message God was sending to Nebuchadnezzar? Guess what? I am. And so that's who your father is. Yes. I do want to remind you, this Saturday is our monthly help. With your help if you can be there uh, Saturday because we've got a ton of our people going and getting there, getting back and uh, it's such a, 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 an amazing experience to be in a place that you know Jesus. Like you go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Well, you know he was here somewhere. And it's, it's going on that trip to Israel. Also works at the health group every month. So Mark's going, I ain't going Saturday. I got something to do. The Tigers, if they don't have a Tigers, don't have a game. You can't. Today we're going to start setting, we start setting up about 8 o'clock. But really the, the prime time is between 10 and noon. It's a busy, busy time, both downstairs, upstairs. It's a lot going on. And you may think, or go upstairs and, and uh, help with the uh, clothing ministry up there. 
down in the gym with air conditioning, you can hand out food. You can stand beside Jerry Winemiller, he'll hand you a can. You put on it, I would encourage you to come. Just to, it, you, You'll be blessed, personally. Uh, if you can, context for it last week. So we're really going to spend some time today looking at, he calls him to meet him, the bone, my leaders, we talked about all that last week. He calls the elder that he has spent three years with. He has discipled them. He's led many of them to the Lord. He is, he is now he's going. He's heading to Jerusalem and then to Rome. And they don't expect to ever see each other again. And to really look at today is Paul's message to these guys as he leaves. And so, men, here is your job. Here's your job description. Here's what I want you to take a absence. Look at the first, uh, verse 28 of Acts 20, verse 28. The Apostle Paul, or Luke, if you have the actual original text I'd like to see you on the part therefore the context in light how to live the Christ life in, in, in light of my example and what you said he's, this is giving them their seminar on how to do ministry in light of what you have said the great truths of the faith that I have laid out for you in light of my personal commitment to being a servant of Jesus Christ. We're studying the book of Romans on Wednesday night and Sunday night. He does most of his epistles by saying, I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ, to be a slave of Christ. I want to be owned by him because that's... There's so many uh, incredible, beautiful, metaphorical pictures of when humility and servitude, you, you understand it best. Quick example. With those 11 guys that were going to carry on after he was gone. And he says to them, what? The Bible says, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come. And that hour was not yet come. His own siblings in John 7 said, if you're the Messiah, brothers and sisters. He said, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. And he kept saying it over and over. That he, fought, that he prophesied in the Garden of Eden and throughout the Old Testament. That, that great eternal plan of redemption he girded his loins, pulled up his robe, tied it around his waist, got down on his hands and knees, and washed. Because after he washed their feet, he said, Now, if I, your Lord and Master, done this, you do what? The feet. Uh, if there's any part of my body, I probably don't want anybody to touch. It would be. Who washed the feet in the house in that culture in that day? Who was the person that washed the feet? When you, with dirt, mud, and the lowest servant in the house met you at the door and did what? If you want to follow me, we studied this when we were studying the Gospel of John. We focused on this. Jesus said, you cannot follow me otherwise. So here's this scene, my example. You heard what I ta- taught you. You've learned it. You've seen in my life the personal sacrifice. You have to serve them. You did this last week. But I want to make sure you see it, understand it, as we begin to look at this script. Us who are called to be pastor teachers, elders, Leaders in your team convicting. I've been studying it now and I've, and I've taught it many times over the years, personally going over this again and looking at it. And here's one of the things that you come away from. You had better take it seriously also. Satan will, does not want you to be good at this. He does not want you to be weak. I was sharing with my class this morning and Mary and I, there's a show on, I don't know what channel it's on. We watch it. It's a, a young couple in Texas had one child and they wanted to have some more and they ended up having five. Hundred. And it's a beautiful little show, watching them parent and, and watching their kids grow. We, the father got, I, I want to say it's postpartum depression, whatever it was, he was depressed. And, and the guy was on the show, and, and 
He met with him to help him. The uh, pastor had helped him. And Mary, I think it was this past Monday, and, and Mary comes home and she says, that's the father Adam went to in Nashville. And, and in the interim, the guy's left Nashville and he went to Greg Lord. And his specialty was dealing with, with people who were depressed this past month. Now, what's the point? Satan was able to defeat what he wants. And so for those who step into a role and say, yeah, if you can get it, be careful what And Mary and I have been married 10 years and rocking along, two little girls and full-time work with teenagers and, and I had no training, no nothing and I finally decided about time. And so I went to the pastor of our church. It's a big church here in town. Knowing me, they're going to hire me. They'd be lucky to have me. He said, well, that's great, Randy. We just don't have a place for you here. So I, a year later, pastored by his brother, John Latimer, called me and said, uh, we'd like to talk to you about work here. They're not too bright, but that's all right. Now, here's the point. I thought about the average tenure of most pastors is in their churches now, on average, about 18 months, mentally, emotionally. Paul talked about it. He said, despite all the physical, you know what his biggest burden was? He said, the constant daily care, concern, I have those people. Here's what he's saying to the shepherds. I want to make sure you, this is what you need to look for position. If you're going to be a spiritual leader, you need to understand that God expects certain things from you. Now, I, I love you guys. I love the people at Bartlett. <laughs> and coming out here 13 years ago, and I look around the room now with the exception of Peter and a few other people, and God has given me so many new brothers and sisters in Christ and friends and, and through family that's a good one through right now you know, we talk about praying for Matt and I love Matt here's his message for those elders number one verse 28 therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has translation you have you'll see that that's the same word in Greek, pastor, teacher, slash, elder, overseer. Purchased with his own blood. Number one, this is most significant. You need my heart. I beg you to pray for your elders that we would be the men of God that we're supposed to be, that we would be the leaders we're supposed to be, that we please, not decisions that please people, but decisions that honor him. You, you One more time. Therefore, in light of all... I've said to you, I've heed to yourself. The first thing that an elder, a pastor, from your leaders, guard yourself. Guard yourself. And it is a struggle. I'm telling you, it is a struggle. The number one priority for a pastor teacher you can use in polite society, whatever you want to call them, their number one is your own personal spiritual life. To kill himself. To kill himself. My number one priority, and Steve and Chad, you've got to guard yourself. Your number one priority is your personal spirit mindset and attitude that I'm about to describe to you, and they, they are not what they need to be. If you anything, you are in trouble. Because you need a pastor can have. You have to be a humble servant or you cannot 
of the Holy Spirit. In, in the Word of God, I, I really am so glad that when we, that Mary and her wisdom had my office put where I'm by myself. I spend so much time in there alone. Just me and God. So convicting. That about maybe an attitude, a particular relationship. I'm not seeking what's best in that relationship. I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, that I spend time in the Word, that your leaders spend time in the Word. You can't lead if you're in the New Testament. There's two things you focus on. The Word of God, making sure, we talked about this last week, the church is wickedly, that they are men of prayer. Not giving it lip service, talking to God and listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your heart. In the life of a shepherd, you have to practice what you preach. Years, hundreds of years ago, wrote these words. A minister may fill his communion role, the mouths of the public, but what that minister is, he is, and no more. Stuff, and I think he may still be preaching now. He's got to be about 112 now. Admired him as a, as a man. Read so many of his uh, biography. Anyway, I went to hear him and speak, and one of the things that he said, I will never forget it. And he was just talking about Christians in general, but specifically for a pastor. Your character slash. Who are you? Are you one thing? Who are you? Because that's the heart God wants. How much about you does he know? Everything. How much about, you see, a commitment to follow Christ is take up your cross, deny yourself. If you're willing to deny yourself, you will not follow Christ. You'll follow who? Self. By the way, you do realize there are places on our globe right now where if you're an open public Christ. So the first thing you need to look for in your pastor, teachers, your elders, your leaders, blood. Value the sheep. Value the sheep. Who do they belong to? You? He just told you. Verse 28, who do the sheep belong to? They belong to God. The flock, you manage, you steward, just like our job as, as leaders to steward that in the, the way that honors him. It is also our job. Look at verse 28 a little closer. Look at verse 28 just a little closer. You take on which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd his church, he purchased it, slash elders, bishop, overseers. God has entrusted to the leaders of your church the most precious. That was the universe. And you know what the most valuable thing in the universe is to God? Those of you who are parents, you own things. Whatever you own, you own. But what's the most precious thing in your life? And you give up all those other things to protect your children. You do what you have to do to the Ephesian elders is understand. Number one, you get your life right with God and you... But your goal is to be like Christ. You get your own life in order to under that. And then number two, you value those sheep the way God values you. Look at verse 28. What did he buy you with? His own, the most precious commodity that's ever been on planet earth was the, birth, was the blood of Jesus Christ. When he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that he was going and he's the shedding of the blood, pass from me, but not my will, yours be done. 
The Bible says he sweat any emotional trauma as he knew he was about to go to the cross and take the burden of sin, the sin of him. And he goes and he spills that blood. Luke uses that. Later, Peter would describe it as the precious blood. You were bought. The precious commodity in the world is gold and silver. God says, you with that. So as an elder, here's what he says. I, God, value them greatly. So greatly I shed my own blood. I've been trusted to you, elders. Verse 28 again. Take heed to yourselves and to all the, the word flock in the original language means Jesus loves you. What's the first song you learn? You got to eat later. What's the first song you learned in church growing up? Jesus loves me. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. But it's emotional. Jesus Christ said these words. Do not be afraid of God. Eternal life. We are his church, purchased with his bowl, having obtained eternal redemption. Remember that Jesus was was giving us a parable of the lost coin and the lost son. You, as an individual, let's just say that nobody in the room but you and God, Randy Lockley, motivates me. Elders, you shepherd them, affectionately care for them. They mean that much to him. You, not sparing the flock. From among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things. To draw. I'm leaving, and there's no doubt in my mind, here's what Paul is saying, people away from what I taught you. That's why at some point you have to stay in the word. You have to look at that in a moment. They're not going to come in saying, by the way, I'm here. Church, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it having a faith. Rise up from within. Some of you are old enough, like me. He had them convinced that he was the Messiah. They all left. They followed him down there and he had them murder their children and kill. Jesus said the following words, quote, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's... So when you hear a lie, if you're that familiar with the truth, when you hear a lie, it'd be like someone... says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon, turning to a different gospel. It's not another gospel, but there are some who trouble you. And please note this, it's very powerful. Paul says, even if we, that would include Paul, heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, Athema. You see that? Paul is saying, I don't care preaching to you a gospel that is not Christ-centered and is not Christ's death by anything other than that. You ought to turn from it. Ah! And if I, Paul, get messed up and come to you and tell you something else, run from it. Do. What do lies do? Put you in bondage. Because the gospel is what? Good news. But it'll sure sound good, won't it? But it's not the gospel. The gospel of good works makes sense to some people, but it's not the gospel. mind that they're coming. Peter later, you don't have to turn there, I'm going to be skipping around. The book of 2 Peter, the entire epistle is about teachers. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. Deceptive words to get it from you. By the way, the word deceptive, we get our English word plastic from it. They need to steal from you. 
He says they would despise authority. They're possessed without water. Useless. Clouds carried by a tempest. Brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed. Speak evil of the things they do not. They will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. And he's referring there to where they come to you like the... They have eyes full of adultery. They cannot cease from sin. They entice unstable... Get them off, the unstable ones. They have a heart trained to covetous practices. They, I love this phrase. They speak great, swelling words of emptiness. Describe them. Great, swelling words of emptiness. They escaped from those who live in error. Immature converts, what he's referring to. They, while they are slaves of corruption themselves. They're self-serving. Self. Now look at verse 30 again. Verse 30. Those men will rise up, verse 30, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after even the leaders. Even the leaders. I'll stop there today because I want us to go into communion with this on our hearts. And then we're going to transition into time to share the Lord's Supper together. If you just bow your heads for a moment, things, then we'll turn it over and do the Lord's Supper together. And as a sheep, what do I need in my shepherd? Because that's exactly what Paul, first and foremost, are committed themselves personally to what they preach. It's not a game that they are committed to Christ, that, that you see it in them, you hear it from them, it's what they teach, it's what they, that's what you need to pray for for your own leaders. And that when we, we need to own our mistakes and be real. Secondly, you need to look for men who are guarding you, valuing you, protecting you, want the best for you. Because you were bought with a price. And that's where I want us to end today, that price. In a moment, we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus Christ. Without that blood, you can't be forgiven. But with it, you can have eternal life, righteousness. So as believers, we should meditate on that, that his body was given and his blood was spilled so I could be redeemed. What a special privilege that is to be a child of God. So Father, we want to pray, commit the rest of our time together today as we share the Lord's Supper to you. Thinking about the sacrifice Jesus made and that I would honor that in my own personal life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.